Well, good morning, amazing church. You guys are so awesome. You want to look over at somebody next to you and say, man, you are awesome. Wow, that was less than enthusiastic. Well, pastor, I've been told not to lie. So, no. Hey, here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to have our, our ushers are going to hand out uh, faith promise cards uh, to everybody that is here. If you have one, so if you uh, don't have one, if you would just like to raise your hand, because uh, we are going to receive these today, and we're going to explain more about them. In the faith promise card, uh, it has a part that detaches right here, and it has a place for your name, and, and then the amount that you would like to ask the Lord to provide for you throughout the year, and that this part is uh, detachable. Here's what I'd like you to do. I don't, I don't necessarily need you to put your name on that. Just the prayerful amount that you believe the Lord is going to uh, give you throughout this year. And this is not part of your tithing. This is not part of your offerings. This is something that you have asked the Lord about and he has given you. This is what I would like for you to do this year. And it's something that, that we uh, receive and that we will faithfully uh, give to the Lord. A lot of times the Lord gives us, uh, gives us things like this in ways that we don't even, uh, even understand. Sometimes it's uh, maybe a promotion or sometimes it's, it's uh, an extra job on the side or sometimes it's just money that comes in the mail. Uh, those are my favorites. Uh, but a lot the Lord will provide in a variety of different ways. So I want to, I want to take time and we're going to talk about uh, faith promise this morning. And if you have your Bibles, if you don't have one, there should be one right in front of you. I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 28 because we're going to be walking through Matthew 28 and talking a little bit about that this morning. Because I believe I believe the church, you and I, have, have a role to play. I loved what that video just shared, because Ryad is, is an amazing guy. I really liked uh, ministering with him and serving with him. In fact, uh, my son-in-law's uncle works with Ryad quite a bit. And when, when they started this mission in Sacramento, they were starting because they wanted to start a Syrian church, an Arabic-speaking church in, in the Sacramento area. And they were trying to figure out how they were going to do that and they had opened the church and started working on the church and 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 they weren't really growing and then when the first war came around and a lot of Iraqis fled Iraq and came to the United States many of the refugees from Iraq landed in Sacramento and no one spoke Arabic so the state reached out to Ra'ed and said, could you help us with these refugees? Could you help us uh, help them fill out all the forms they need and, and distribute everything that we need to get distributed to them? So the state used the church to minister to the refugees most of them Muslim, but they were so happy to have somebody else that spoke their native tongue that they invited these Christians into their homes, and now there is a 
full-fledged church in Sacramento of converts from Iraq and other places around the world because God knows what he's doing. See, Scripture talks to us about, about sending people out. We, we've been talking about we love and we serve, and today I want to talk to you about we send. We send people, we send groups, we send missionaries around the world. Scripture tells us and gives us examples of Paul and Silas being sent out and Paul and Barnabas being sent out on, on missionary journeys. Let's see if I have that on. There it is. Uh, so, but the church, the church has a place to play, uh, to, to, to help. When we send missionaries out, the church is the support for the missionaries that are reaching these lost souls around the world. The Alliance, the Alliance does that by not just sending people, but supporting them. And the Alliance has this amazing thing called the Great Commission Fund, the GCF. And the, what we do with that is, is each local church gives to the GCF, the Great Commission Fund, and all of our missionaries, our international workers, are supported by that one fund. It frees them up so they don't have to go come back and, and deputize or, or, or raise funds constantly. They're always available to minister and they don't have to worry about uh, raising funds. But they... they live solely on faith that God's people in God's churches, in, in the Alliance churches, just like us, will give to the Great Commission Fund to see these ministries fulfilled. So the Great Commission Fund is, is our way of giving to help reach out and support these missionaries that are around the world. And it, and it helps us be part I loved what Ed said at the end of that. Uh, we're giving today, and he said that, that the, the missionary that went to Syria 100 years ago did not see the fruit of his labor, but now there are thousands coming to Christ because of what he did. I'm a firm believer that, that when you get to heaven, a lot of your rewards are going to be on things that you have no idea you even did. That, that you may have spoken a kind word to somebody and it turned their life around and you have no idea. When you get to heaven, you don't, you don't realize how many lives that you have touched and how many lives you have affected just by your stance of saying, I am a Christian and living that Christian life in front of others. So the goal, the goal of, of sending missionaries is to fulfill the gospel where it said that all the world will hear the, the gospel and then the Lord will return. We're wanting the Lord to return. We want the Lord to come back. All right, all right, we're getting there. I, I want the Lord to come back. I, I know, I, I do want the Lord to come back. So, so we want him, we want the gospel shared throughout the world. The scripture is clear that there are lost people and Christ wants them found and we are his hands and feet. Now, now we can't go around all the world ourselves and there are many ways that, that people are doing that. We have people that are serving right here uh, in, with, with crew and with the Jesus film and others in our, in our culture. And we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to reach the entire world for Christ so that, so that the Lord will come back and then eternity, uh, whatever we're going to be doing, is going to begin. 
but there are still unreached people groups in this world. We still need to send people around the world. We still need to minister to people around the world. And if we can't go, perhaps we can help send others that, that are doing that very same thing. But the good thing is, we don't just send people, we're sent as well. We send because we are commanded to go. If you look in Matthew 28, Jesus said in Matthew 28 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We are to go. Now sometimes we we look at that word go when we put too much emphasis on it and we think that that go means that we need to go around the world but in reality we can go around the world and we can go around the corner that go simply means anybody that's in your life that you can affect that you can share the gospel with that you can have an impact and, and a significant meaning in their life go we're not only to sin, but we are sent. All of us are commissioned by Christ. All of us have this great commission in Matthew 28 to go. I believe that every Christian, from the moment of conversion, from the time you, you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are commissioned to go share the gospel, to go share what, what he has done for you. And we can go across the world and we can go across the street. We are on mission when we're at home with our family. We're on mission when we're at work. We're on mission when we're shopping. I cannot tell you how many times, how many multiple conversations I've had starting in the grocery store line while you're waiting to, to buy your groceries, strike up a conversation with somebody you don't really know, and then it leads into the parking lot, which leads into prayer. It's amazing. And the only, the only thing that, that I had to, to get over was my fear of people. But when I realized that people are just as messed up as I am, it worked out really well. So you know, it, it's amazing. I know uh, just not too many weeks ago, Jessica was having trouble with her air conditioner in her house, so I waited for the, for the uh, air conditioner repairman to come by and take a look at it, and that conversation led into, into prayer, and, and, and it was just amazing. It's just amazing that, that if you're looking for those opportunities, you'll find them. But the, the good part is we don't just go, we don't just go and, and, and share, but we go and make disciples. That's, the, that's what the Great Commission Fund is, is our way. Let's see if I can get there. We go and we make disciples. That our, our job, our responsibility that the Lord has given us is to make disciples. A disciple is simply a believer. A believer. We are to make believers uh, of those that are around us. Peter said this in 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. What is the hope that you have? Is your hope that, 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 the, that today is going to be a good day? 
that tomorrow is going to be a good day? It, it, what is your hope? Is it not that, that Christ is going to return, that we are going to live forever with him, that we're going to have a new body, that we're, we're going to live in a place that we will never die, that we will have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more disease, that you will never, ever get tired. There's no more night, for the Lamb is the light, that you are going to be like Christ, that you're going to be transformed, that your new body is going to be eternal, and it will never perish. Is that not our hope? Let's go. Come on. We're just waiting for the trumpet. That's our hope. And Peter said, be prepared. Be ready to, to give an answer to anybody that asks you of the hope that you have. See, it, and to make disciples doesn't mean that you have to know a lot. All you have to do is share what Christ has done for you. All you have to do, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony is just testifying what you saw, what you know. I know that Christ forgives sins. Why? He's forgiven mine. I know that Christ is alive. Why? I've met him. I know that the Lord is coming back. I know what the Lord has done for me. I know, you know what the Lord has done for you. You know the times that the Lord has blessed you. You know the times that the Lord has healed you. You know the times that the Lord has delivered you. You know the times that the Lord has blessed you financially when you didn't know how he was going to do it. He just made a way for you. You know all the blessings of the Lord. And to make disciples, all you have to do is be ready to share that hope that you have. And they say, why, why are you different? Well, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Because nobody can dispute a personal testimony. Now, they may argue with you about theology, but when you say, this is what's happened to me, there's no disputing. And we, we make disciples just by simply sharing what Christ has done for us. But it goes on beyond making disciples. He says we are to baptize them and, or that we are, going, we are to work with them until they are dedicated and committed to Christ because baptism sim simply identifies us as a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, that we are all in with him, that we understand that Christ is the way to the Father, that, that what he did on the cross for us and for the world is, is worthy of living for, that he is the one that we are putting our faith and trust in, that there's nothing in this world that we are going to trust in more than Christ. We are going to put everything that we have in what he did on that cross, and we firmly believe that when he comes back that we will have eternal life. That is helping us, getting people to that point where we lead them to a full dedication to Christ that they say, I'm all in. I, I am in this to win it. I am in it to the very end. That there is nothing else in this world that I am going to trust, but I put my faith and my hope and my confidence in Christ. And we are to go and make disciples by telling them what our personal testimony when they ask of us. 
and we are to go and, and, and we are going to lead them to a dedication, to a commitment in Christ. And he says, and we go and teach them, instruct them everything that we know. And if you've taught anybody, if you've ever taught, you understand it takes time. Teaching takes time. We are to, to teach them to follow everything that we know. You can't teach somebody by 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. Teaching requires a lot of time. Teaching requires people getting invested in somebody else's life. That's why I love about house to house. That's what I love about our, our missional groups and our, our life groups is because we are connecting with one another. We're rubbing shoulders with one another. We're, we're supporting one another. We're encouraging one another. We're living life together. We're, we're doing what Christ asked us to do. We're teaching one another. And sometimes we actually even use words. We teach. So we are to go and make disciples. We are to go and, and baptize. We're, we're to dedicate those disciples to passionately follow Christ. And then we teach them everything that we know so they can live a godly life here and that they can look forward to that hope that they have of the Lord's return. So we live in as, a, as an example. We impart our knowledge of Christ and the Christian life. And we do that by living in community with one another. Now, I've told you everything about the what. This is what we do. Let me tell you just for a minute why. Why we do this. I've told you what. I've told you what we are going to receive. But why do we do it? If you look in the passage of Scripture that we read in Matthew, in verse 16, they said, or 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. That word doubtful just simply means some didn't know how to react to Christ. They'd walked with him for three and a half years, and, and they looked at him, and they understood him. But now here he is, and he is resurrected from the grave, and he, and he is alive. He has conquered death. And they were worshiping him. You have to understand the context of this. They were worshiping him as God because Jesus is God. He's fully God and fully man. And when, and when he saw some of them doubtful, the Bible says Jesus came to them and spoke to them. Notice he didn't rebuke them. Notice he didn't say, uh, you know, don't do that because he's worthy of worship. But what he did is he came alongside them and he spoke these words which are so powerful and so impacting. And he says, all power or all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. He's saying, I can give you the what. I can tell you what to do because I am the one that has all authority when it comes to life eternal. I am the one that, that the Father has placed in charge of granting life to whomsoever will. Wow. Why do we do these? Because Christ is the head of the church. Because Christ has the authority. So he tells us why. 
here's why you do it. Because I have the authority. I can, in heaven and in earth, all of heaven is at my disposal. Everything on earth will obey my will. And so I have all the authority and I am commissioning you because I have this authority. I have this right. I am commissioning you to go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them and get into people's lives and grow my church. Wow. And then he says something else at the very end, which is amazing. He not only tells them that I have the power, but he says, and I will be with you always to the very end. Not only do I have the authority, but I'm going to be right there with you. When you are sharing what I have done with, for you with somebody else, I'm going to be in that room. I'm going to be right there speaking to their heart. Years ago when I was a new Christian, I was working and there was a, uh, a lady that worked in the accounts payable and receivable but on the shipping docks and, and I kept trying to share the gospel with her and it just kind of didn't really work just it was trying but I was just trying to push it and then and because I was new and I was just kind of like I wanted everybody to have what I had and 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 I remember one day I was, I was praying for her and uh, I just walked into her office and sat down and she was she was my mother's age so I, I I walk in and I sit down and when I did the presence of the Lord filled that room and we both started crying She went to church with me that Sunday. And then she got connected back with her church. And to, to this day, I believe, is she still, if she's still alive, she's... And it was all because he was with us. See, I, I can't really change a person's heart about making disciples. And I can't really... I can try to inspire them to be dedicated and, and I can try to impart what I know about, about Christ to them. But to transform a heart, to transform a soul is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why he says he's going to be with you always is because he's leading us and guiding us to these people that he has already been working on. And all we have to do is be obedient and allow the Lord not only to to send us, but to use us. The Great Commission. Go. Make disciples. Enjoy it. Have fun. Have fun living your life for Christ. Have fun. Jesus said he has all authority. So go and enjoy what the Lord has done for you and allow others to see what that hope that's in you and begin that joyful life of sharing with others.